good morning, friends. Faith over breakfast. Um, here I am. My name is Andy Littleton, pastor of Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona. I'm here with my buddy Eric Seepin yes. from the Village Church. Yes, I noticed that you Tucson, always Arizona. open this. I gotta, I gotta get in sometime. Just do really it. Man. Just open it. You should. You know, live from EXO with Andy Littleton from Mission Church, the Bearded Wonder. Okay, the be- <laughs> there we go. You'd be really good at it. I don't know. You know what it is. I hit the record button. You do. And, and so you... that's why I'm like, well, we got to start now. Yeah. But and I take a deep breath. Yeah. And close my eyes. I'm like, okay, here embrace, we go. Embrace yourself. <laughs> For this and hour say, of talking to Andy. Oh, great. Here we go. And Andy just changed the topic. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah, right? something like that. Because it's Halloween today. It's Halloween. I thought you weren't going to bring this up, Eric. Because well, just... it's also Reformation Day. And oh, it's been yeah. 500 years since Reformation. But only Christians talk about that. So we'll move on. Yeah. Well, it's, it's true. Yeah. The, I have been. My Facebook feed was barraged with... If yeah, the the Christians were talking about Reformation Day. The well, no, that's not true. A certain group of Christians were talking about Reformation Day. Another group of Christians were talking about their Halloween costumes. All right, and so, then yeah, the rest of my yeah. friends were talking about their Halloween costumes or the World Series. Right, yeah, the World Series. Which is it three to two right now? Or you is know it? what, man? I love baseball. I am not paying attention, though. I've been doing other things. You're not a Dodgers or an Astro fan? No, not specifically. I mean, I I was thinking about, actually, yeah, the serious things I think about. On the way over, I was like, if I watch one of the games, who should I go for? And I don't know. But I was thinking... I think you have to go for the Dodgers, because nobody likes them. No, really? See, I was kind of thinking, the Astros, if you grew up in Tucson, right. as you did... There was the Tucson Toros. Yes, our, I, yeah, I remember Tucson yeah, Toros. Our AAA baseball team, which was a big deal in my life. And they were the AAA team for the Houston Astros. So I thought, if there's any allegiance I should have here, it should be to the Astros. That's Tucson. Right. Don't you think it would just be good for the country? I guess. If the Dodgers won. Yeah, but I don't know. Texas, man. Look at all they've been through. Yeah, Texas can handle itself. They're big. Yeah, Texas is big. I I think it was really good for the country that the Cubs won last year. I think that probably has held us together thus far. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Especially with the turmoil that continues. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, since, like, this will someday be a relic of history, I mean, Paul Manafort, holy cow, all this, what's going on? I... I mean, there's... I just hope that it, like, can wait out until the end of the year so I can have a pleasant Thanksgiving and a pleasant Christmas, and then the chaos can just yeah. flow out into the new year. That's yeah. not really... Yeah, it's crazy. And then you got the guy with the Greek restaurant, restaurant Papadopoulos, or whatever. What's his... Pa- I, I don't know. E-Pateronymous? Or yeah, you you're used what? to it. <laughs> Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. <laughs> the guy that sells pitas for a living, makes millions. Yeah. Um, that's anyway. Th- what in the world? Anyway, okay. That's not what. We no, went. that's a perfect lead-in to the topic of evil. Evil, yes. Halloween and how you're getting a new building and a building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you're maybe. hoping to get a new building that uh-huh. happens to belong to a secret society at some point in its time. Right. So that's where we can go into the evil. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, today is evil. T- t- evil day. Evil day. Yeah. Halloween. Evil day. I've been watching Stranger Things. You're not. No, because... Did you watch season one? Uh-uh. I have, I have this theory about watching television shows. I have enough anxiety and uh, 
stress in my life that I don't need a show that stirs that up for me. Yeah. So Stranger Things will bring you a little anxiety. I, the only one that I watch that has any of that in it, I uh-huh. think, is probably Longmire. I don't know if you oh, watched no, that. I've never seen Longmire. Nope. It's on that line of, you know, in Netflix. It's a uh-huh. Netflix show. But that's about it. I don't, I try to watch the humorous things if I watch TV. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not a I'm not a horror scary film guy, but this this rides a line that I really there is there is some concern, there's some fear, there's some 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 darkness, some other dimensional stuff going on, but then there's a lot of golden 80s throwback moments yeah. and uh, and just I don't know. It it's great to be like nervous but then to just laugh your head off at just a really ridiculous 80s dude right. doing a under the under the leg layup <laughs> with no shirt on, you know. I don't know. It's it's got it all. Yeah. It's got it all, man. Stranger Things. Any, so good. Any like cardboard and boombox and breakdancing? Uh not yet. Not no. Yet, I'm sure no. that's will show up at some point. It might, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of Camaros, a lot of Ford Pintos, Jeez. Toyota Vans, Ford Cran- Crown Vicks. Cool. Yeah. So we should say that we're at Exo Coffee in the beautiful <laughs> uh, upstairs loft. I mean, That's they right. have the most amazing ceilings and rafters. And yeah. It's just got such a beautiful raw wood feel to it. It's such a cool place. It really is. It's the brick and everything. And I don't eat here because I'm a cheap pastor, but I do drink my chai tea. That's right. And uh, you drink your... Well, I know those as Gibraltars, but they call them Cortado. Cortado. It, it, I don't know. I think is that nobody the, knows. It uh, goes Australian either. name for it, or is that, I don't know. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the Australian name. Right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. But I they let no us idea. be up here. They're awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is great. I mean, we we went out to breakfast a while back before we would do a radio show. And we really liked the conversations that we would have, and then we'd get on the radio and have about five minutes to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, to say all the cool things that we had thought about for an hour. Yeah. So then, when the radio show was over, we wanted to keep having the breakfast, and we kind of wanted to share it. And so we tried recording it elsewhere, and it was just crazy loud. So here, we get to go out to breakfast, talk, but we've got this little loft space that Exo graciously allows us to use. And uh, and you you get to be at you're at the restaurant with us, friends. Yeah. You're, you're here. You're sitting at the table, um, but but it's not crazy loud. So no, it's, it's not crazy nice. loud today. Today, on occasion, it, it is, but not today. Yeah, there was that one day with the blender. Yeah, the blender did interrupt. Blender day, man, blender day, and the train goes by. It, it, I don't know what we're going to do with the train now without that Brian's Brian. Yeah. Anyway. So let's talk about evil, and maybe since you know, we're both pastors, mm-hmm. and uh, what sort of talk to me a little bit about where you're coming from when you think about evil as you are caring for people how you interact yeah. maybe with it and with, yeah. you know with God and, and your understanding of things yeah well I want to give a quick uh, note of my background because there's there's a lot of that to to this discussion how you approach this so I grew up in early years in Pentecostal and charismatic churches okay. so that might mean something to you, might not out there, but but essentially, like the the spiritual battle 
was a huge... It's central in, the, in central their in their theology. Yeah. And so this was all, you're always thinking about this. And I remember being kind of like worried about stuff as a kid. And then I, I grew up and, you know, saw, I don't know, there are a lot of disillusioning moments with some of that, you know, and then a and realization that like some of these people who are doing like apparently this spiritual battle, but they can't like apply all this truth to very simple things like they can't be nice to their own family. So they're, they're battling demons over here. But what about, what about the, the evil that's in you that's manifesting itself all over the place that you're not addressing at all? Right. So uh, somewhere in there, I kind of, I kind of got to where I was like, I don't know about, I don't know about all this. And, and then, um, really kind of de-emphasized some of the spiritual things in my own life and thought. And then, I don't know, in past years, um, kind of, kind of going, okay, like maybe I'm coming back around to not, not that I'm like always, you know, hiding from demons or whatever, but it's like, you know what? Like, I don't want to underemphasize this stuff too. Cause I do believe in a spiritual realm. Um, and even actually, as I've been watching stranger things, I was thinking, I don't know how much of the writers, you know, grappling or thought is going into this, but I mean, the, the idea is there's this other reality, um, in which there is evil at work when we don't see it. I mean, that's what's going on in, in Stranger Things. And I see that in the Bible, too. Um, you know, that there's, there are, like, you know, good and evil forces um, and that they affect us and, and that we engage with them sometimes un, unknowingly, often unknowingly. So, um, anyway, I guess where I'm, I've kind of come back around to going, like, okay, I don't want to shut that off. Mm. Um, you know, especially knowing like that the more counseling I do, right? Right. Um, the, the more, more you, you go, understand evil. Yeah, you're going. Oh, like that's dark. Yeah, this is dark. Um, and so, and it and it often isn't like crazy. Like, whoa, you had a dream of a you know winged horned man. Not that that couldn't happen, but it's usually more subtle. Yeah, it's where you look and say like, whoa, that thing that you feel or do or assume. That's that's really serious. Um, so I don't know. That's where I've. That's where I'm at. That's your your background and where you kind of sit in those things. Yeah. Yeah. I to kind of answer my own question. I suppose I also have a unique background, not the Pentecostal background, but my mother's uh, father, so my grandpa, was a, a medium, yeah. and uh, one time when she was a young girl, she woke up and her grandmother, who was dead was yeah. sitting next to her rocking in a rocking chair. Wow. So that's a kind of a freaky experience. And yeah, sure. uh, she's, she's had those freaky experiences. Um, I certainly also, like you, believe that there is a, uh, a spiritual world and that Satan is the enemy. Um, and Scripture is very clear that he is an accuser of the brethren, um, and that he is masquerades as light. Right. Um, so we, we have... And so, if you decide, I think, if you decide to follow Jesus, you do choose an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, one of the, the interesting things, um, I think, is, for me, as I was growing up as a kid, like, we, we kind of think that Satan, this being, um, is everywhere. Right. But he's not. Right. He's not everywhere. But evil is, and it has his influence. Yeah. 
over it. And so when we feel accused, or when we look at wretched things being done to people, we understand that there is a force beyond our own brokenness pouring itself out and fueling the things. You know, and Scripture is clear that we have our own internal evil. Yeah. We have the worldliness that that created, Mm -hmm. and then we have the enemy who also kind of fuels it all. Fuels it and accuses and attacks. And um, and so, you know, and and theologians talk about how evil can be built into economic forces and built. So we have forces and powers that exist. Principalities and powers. Yeah, and there's, and I have more and more believed that that there are demons Mm -hmm. and the demons have regions and they exist in them and they're happy to stay in those spaces and, and so I've, as a pastor, after like, I don't know, 20 years or so, I've had a number of experiences um, right. in my community to know that there is a darkness, and a darkness that doesn't like me, yeah, and yeah. doesn't like followers of Jesus, and, um, and doesn't, doesn't like people who have the, the Holy Spirit. Right. They don't yeah. like that. It's that there's a definite conflict going on, and yeah. I feel it. Yeah. And yeah. the one and the one thing to add to that is, and this is a weird part. None of this comes from my heritage with my family, but if I shake somebody's hand at our church who's new, yeah. Often, if I if I sleep that night, I will have a very disturbing demonic dream where I will wake up breathing really heavy, or my wife will wake me up because I'm yelling. Yeah. Um, and it usually just means there's something going on with this person more than meets the eye. Hmm. And it's as a way, I mean, I think the enemy is trying to push through, but also um, I think it's God saying, you need to you need to be aware. He's let me press through the veil of between the spiritual world to yeah. know that there's something dark and yeah. to be on alert there. So that's, I mean, there's no explaining all of it. It's just... Yeah. It, in a lot of ways, to me, it's like the Trinity. It's a reality, right. and we have to deal with it. And it's, uh, you know... Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I don't know, not to go too surface level on it here, but, you know, I could imagine that there would be people listening to us with church background because we're faith over breakfast, and that's probably the majority of our listeners. Sure. And I could imagine a lot of those people kind of nodding along, going, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, sure. But then I can imagine somebody listening who's kind of thinking about faith or considering faith going like, okay, this is getting super weird. Like, mm-hmm. this conversation's getting weird. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, there's never been a time in my life, and I, I'm sure that there have been a lot of times in history, but not in my life, where it seems to me that people outside of religion are recognizing evil and Mm -hmm. strains of evil and things like racism and misogyny and you know just things that are they're not as simple as oh uh like oh made somebody made a mistake um it's like there are there are things that seem to be built in and stuck in and that go deep Mm -hmm. and are ingrained and transfer generationally and um and I, and I think a lot of people will call those things evil, but don't really have a spiritual framework in which to deal with that. Yeah. So what do you do with it? So you call it, that's wrong, it's evil. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what do you do with that? 
Yeah, it seems like it goes back to the article that you were reading a couple of podcasts back when we were talking about Hugh Hefner. Yeah. And, yeah. and how we deal with him. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Very fascinating. Yeah. Or to the recent event with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, how you deal with that. Like, how yeah. th- there's a real confusion to yeah. this this complexity of evil and good and, and, mm-hmm. and what is and what's your right to... Yeah. It's weird. Like, how justice plays itself out. Uh-huh. Because justice is playing itself out on Twitter now. Oh, yeah. It right. is fascinating. It is. It's wild that you're gonna get you're gonna get shamed and thrown under the bus. I mean, yeah, something Pretty takes perfect. off on Twitter and you're done. Well, car, well House of Cards, which is yeah. an extremely yeah. popular Netflix thing, is canceled. Not wild. Yeah, that, just like that. that fast. Yeah. And the thing is, I think ten years ago, what happened to Kevin Spacey, regardless of like what he did was real or not, um, would be called defamation. Yeah. He would sue them. Yeah. Under the bus. Yeah, but now you can defame people on Twitter, and there are no consequences, even if what you're saying was true. Right. It's now the court of public opinion, not the court of law, which right. is evil. Yeah. But I think that evil may be breeding simply inside of us. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to so, think about all that. But. No, no, that's that's really fascinating. I mean, I I'm. So, so kind of where I've gone, actually, I want to tie this back into Halloween, right? No, let's do that. Because, like, where the, in the past, for me, like, the journey would have been, like, to avoid evil, you kind of, you stay away from, like, evil-looking stuff. Right. Would that be a good way of saying it? Like, so, people would look at Halloween in my church circles and go, oh, ghosts and goblins, um you're going to expose yourself to evil. Don't do it. No. Um, go to a harvest festival right. um, or a Reformation Day celebration. Some and then you're safe. And, yeah. yeah, and then you're safe. Um, and that, yeah, and, and I think there's a big part of me that, that did kind of go with that thinking. Um, and then I rejected that, and now I'm kind of coming back to wondering about it. I do, like, wonder, like, what is it about our celebrating of evil? Like, there's a there's a new kids movie out that all my daughter's friends are into, and she's really excited about, too, because she's hearing about it at school. And my wife and I went and read the lyrics to one of... It's a Disney film. I'm forgetting the name of it. But my daughter went and read some of the lyrics kind of to my wife and I to show us what it was about, and it was this embracing of evil. It was really interesting in this happy little Disney song, like, like inviting and embracing evil mm. and like using it. And it's like, oh, interesting. And that's even interesting with Stranger Things because there are a couple moments where like my, like the hair on my arms bristles because it's like there's something that they're getting at that I think is a deep spiritual truth. But I know that to other people, it's just like cool. Mm-hmm. And that kind of worries me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think that a lot of the, the things that like the deepest evils are within our hearts and play out on Twitter and in our conversations and in the, the people that we ignore and not, not just in these crazy, you know, like Halloween and all souls moments. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you do with all that? I mean, I grew up in a. A family that said you need to avoid the appearance of evil. Uh-huh. So you know, 
it, it was always a struggle for my parents, Halloween, different things. Like, how do you actually put that into practice, the avoiding of the appearance of evil? And, it, and in some circles, avoiding the appearance of evil is why you can't go out on a date with a girl and hold their hand. Right. right. Well, but yeah. in other circles, it's that's why you can't do Halloween. Yeah, there's a lot of different, which different things evil, going on. Yeah. Right. yeah, which evil are you talking Morality about? Morality or, like, yes. ghouls and goblins. Yeah. yeah. So I, I approach it from John 17. That we're to be in the world but not of the world. Yeah. And that if we're sent on a mission, the question about everything I do, both for celebration um, or any activity, is what are you doing, Jesus? Yeah. In this? And what would you be doing? Yeah. Because you do have Jesus um, sitting in a, in a wedding, certainly a bunch of people getting plastered and oh, enjoying yeah. themselves. Right. Um, and he's there, and he's there, and and I, and I am assuming that drinking looks a little different than it does now, but it's still right. a party, and people are inebriated, yeah. and they're having fun. <laughs> it's a good time, so it's not avoiding. Well, and he's always at the the prostitutes and sinners' house, right? So he's yeah. sitting, and when we talk about like and I preached recently on tax collectors, and we're talking about mafia. This yeah. is the mafia, yeah, and the mafia, and they're also you know, if you've got. You have prostitutes and sinners. You have people that we would say are lost in their addictions and lost in their own slavery to whatever it is. And so, which he's could there. include a lot of the people that we're destroying on Twitter. Yes, he's with them. He's he's, he's ministering to them. Right. He's having parties at their house. Yeah. Right? He's not trying to destroy them. Whereas right. the the religious and the moral, because I think we need to to draw that line today, especially because a lot of the the public justice shaming right. isn't coming from the religious but it's coming from the moral mm-hmm. um, who are are wanting to execute justice and but right. not and let's be very careful to say mercy. it's actually not the Christian fundamentalists who are exercising this right on no. Twitter actually it's typically our, not right yeah. it's more the leftist fundamentalists yeah. who are are doing there that. are different strains of fundamentalism yeah, yeah like there is what, and different moral majorities and yes which and morals which fundamentals right right it's yeah. gotten so the, the narrative is so split up now uh-huh. there's not a cohesive narrative in that so yeah i think i think what we do is if my point is always to be like oh, okay the stranger things episode season two's i gotta watch it i gotta watch it and i'm not asking mm-hmm. yes this is here and i can consume and enjoy but what is jesus calling me into with it how right. does it move me closer to the kingdom of God? How does it move me in and towards people who don't know Jesus? How do I articulate the gospel in context of this story that's grabbing them? If I'm not thinking about that at some level, then I probably shouldn't be watching. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. What, do you, what does your family do with like Halloween? Um, well, it's, it's a very communal event. Most of the time it's been we all head to a neighborhood in our church um, that has maybe I want to I think it has six families that live in yeah. the neighborhood and they're very involved in that neighborhood so they start a fire they have a big fire in the front yard tons of people in the church show up there's soup and then we have we all fill up those muffin tins uh-huh. with candy and then you just we're giving candy out and the kids yeah. all go through that neighborhood where everybody knows everyone yeah and it's more like a festival, and it's just a good way to encourage yeah. community. Um, our kids aren't doing trick-or-treat this year. They're done. I mean, I have a yeah. 12-year-old who kind of <laughs> yeah. wants to do it, but then he's like, I don't want to wander around. And 
you'll buy me candy if <laughs> yeah. we don't have to do this, and a lot more than I'd get. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I can get what I want. Um, so I don't have to deal with it. I don't like it. I, I haven't, yeah. you know. It's not... It's... I know... Okay, so I worked with people who come out of Satanism, and I know that this is a night that's brutal for, for yeah. them and brutal yeah. for people who are caught up in that. Yeah. Um, not by their own choice. And so I don't like that part of it. Yeah. And it's, not, it's sad to me. There's yeah. a lot of sadness in that. Yeah, I remember... Uh, I remember stumbling upon observing uh, some some form of, of spiritual and more on the on the dark end of spiritual event one Halloween um, when I was a kid and having this realization like oh this is this is different this is happening for people this is a this is a thing and, and you know similarly like um, in one of our pastors groups that happens here in town a while back we talked about um, all souls all saints um, the processions you know and great great I was at that one and here in Tucson you know a bunch of uh, there's kind of a bunch of honestly like a lot of Anglo college kids that go out to this procession and paint their face and get plastered right and have a great night um but for some people, culturally, that's not what that's about at all. And uh, the, the big shindig that happens here has, has something to do with the, the cultural narrative. But there are folks who are, you know, they really are, like, working through the death of their child and, and trying to um, kind of commune with their, sure. with their relative and stuff like that. And so there's, I don't know, there's, there are always those questions of, like, yeah, what what is this like what is this for the people who are down there having a beer? What are they doing? Then what are what is this for the people who take this more seriously? What are they doing? And then as God's people, what does it look like to be in the area? Right. And so like last year we were thinking about that with our church and we thought, you know, one way we could be present at All Souls was we could be there as a kind of a redemptive community cleaning the streets right. serving um, being present but not fully participating right. um, Halloween at our in our family I've kind of said you know I'm not I'm not really comfortable with us celebrating spirits um, you know especially dark spirits and stuff like that but as far as like dressing up and consuming candy and interacting with our neighbors because we have a lot that happens on our street too like I think we can we can do that, you know, yeah. and we don't need to like hide or or post up, you know, in our house with in you know dressed up like Reformation heroes and <laughs> like not engaging with right. them or whatever. But um, not that hey man, you know, if if you know, I, if I wanted to wear a Martin Luther costume and That's, go out and get candy, sure, whatever. Yeah, it's great. But um, we've tended to do something funny with where one of our dogs is a sheep and <laughs> Michaela, my wife's a little Bo Peep or something. So that's awesome. Yeah. Like that. So that's what we've done with it. Of like, we're, we can be present and we're not, um, we're not hiding out. We're not avoiding these people, but we're not also not going to quite, we're not going to celebrate darkness Yeah. either. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't make our house a gloomy, scary, dark place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's, that's sort of what we've done with it. And I'm sure that, things will, you know, work out over time. Right. Well, I think your point that you're basically saying that Christians shouldn't withdraw. Right. 
Right. And, and I think, you know, I... Uh, and this is going to sound really controversial, but early on when we started planning our church, one of the things is we had a lot of uh, teachers come to our church. Yeah. And one of the, their main complaints was because of this, the homeschooling movement had started. Right. And so what was happening is more and more of their classrooms had less and less followers of Jesus. Yeah. And they could feel the darkness yeah. in the school. Now, I'm not against homeschooling, but I do do realize that we have to understand, like, we have to have good reasons, and they can't be outside of mission. Yeah. You know, when we make choices like Halloween and homeschooling, yep. we can't withdraw goodness. Yeah. We may not have to be able to participate in evil, but we have to have a way of yep. keeping the spirit of God present, being the homes of light, being, you know, and, and, and thinking about that. And even if and, and the other thing that I, I know is that all of us our consciences are different. The Holy Spirit yeah. gives some of us the ability to walk into darker places yep. and we're able to stay ourselves. Yep. And others of us, because of our gifting, have very sensitive yep. spirits and we have to like shut our doors and not have trick or treaters yep. come, but we can sit and pray. Yeah. And we can and prayer is not a just thing. It is a yeah. thing you do. It's a big, powerful big thing. thing. And and so And the best thing would be if we recognized those differences in gifts and didn't you know, the people who, who were like, I can't participate if they didn't shame the ones who were like, No, I can be there. Like I won't fully like wholesale buy into it, but I, I love these people and I want to be in their midst and if that could be a team thing where it's like, Well then I'll be praying for that. Yeah. I'll I will be I'm with you. And then if the person who was like, I can be there, wasn't going, oh, come on, you you who won't go outside, you know? Right. How, yeah, it'd be good if it was a, a partnership. Because you're right, like, there are things, and this, this goes, I mean, because, like, this evil thing isn't just Halloween and whatnot, like, you know, there are certain things that, you know, I totally respect the fact that there are certain things that, like, that I can do and, and be a part of that somebody else might not that might not feel like evil to, right. to you or and vice versa like um, I remember hearing one minister say that he and some friends from their church would go and minister in the strip clubs in the area and they would go and meet the women and they would like care for them and treat them differently well I, I know some men and ministers who they cannot do that that that's oh, well, not let's an just, I'm going to raise my hand yeah. right now. that's not happening yeah and and so and that's fine and I think like and that's good that we know like this I can go into this realm you know for whatever reason because of my story because of what God's done or, or spared me from um, and then for somebody else I nope I can't you know that's a, that's an area where there's there's a real battle for me and I can't do that right um, and it, I think it's good to be talking about that but not looking for uniformity where we all gather in churches where we all do it the same. Right? right. Yeah. Well, I think some of it's understanding all of us as the weaker brother. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, and in, I areas. in my life, my, a lot of people in my church know, like I won't see movies with nudity, right. um, unless somebody has already seen it and, and is, can say, yeah, it's, it's you know, very brief and you can do it. If you just don't look at this time, you'll be all right. And, and you need to see this movie. Right. 
otherwise I'm not going to see it because it's just too much for me. It will get stuck in my head and I can't deal with it and it arouses things I don't want to arouse. So, um, but that's honored in my church. Yep. You know, so when people will say, hey, you should go see this movie, I have a few people at the church who ha- who are able to see those and will just be like, no, you don't need to see that. That's yeah. not important. It's a, an interesting conversation came up the other day with some friends where we were talking about, like, basically, like, yeah, it's got to be possible. Like, certain Christians can live on the beach in California and it's not an issue. Others can't. Right. Right? Like, and so it isn't just as simple as, like, you know, you can't watch those movies or whatever. It's like, does this arouse something in you? And do, or, and I, I'm not, I, I'm not advocating at any, like, I think a lot of those movies are really exploitative and yes. And so I'm not saying like, hey, I'm cool with it if you're okay with it, right? And there's a lot of questions to ask, but there, right? There are people who, who can, who can be there, and those who can't, yeah. you know, in the midst of that. And I assume that's, that's just wisdom at work and knowing your heart. And, yeah having accountability well to bring it all back to Halloween to evil and to buildings Uh um, you're working on your church is thinking about getting a space and our church got a space about eight years ago yeah and on the deed of that space uh, it said that no person of color yeah could own the building yeah now obviously that had changed but that was the original deed yeah um, now there's my co-pastor Rod, um, who you know doesn't yeah. really—he's not a very mystical person. Right. He's a big old Dutchman that <laughs> we love, good yeah. Calvinist, and he has a spiritual gift that when he prays, he sees into yeah. the spiritual world yeah. and he sees into people's lives and can tell them things that have happened that nobody knows but them. Yeah, and that's that's happened a number of times. It has. And yeah. so when praying through the building, because we prayed over every inch of the building, yeah. um, when we hit the space that is now our nursery, he was sitting in the chair, and people were praying, and he got knocked back into the wall and began, as I know when he's in the spiritual world, gritting his teeth and using some language that pastors don't normally use and telling things to go away and to leave and to, you know, have, they have no permission under the reign of Jesus and etc. And uh, from what he could communicate to us that there was a spirit who had taken up residence in the building and was not happy that we were there and did not want to leave um, because it was pleasant for it to be there and it didn't want to do any work I guess I don't know and I don't understand how that works but I know it was there and I know the evil was there and I know the experience that people had in the building after that Hmm. um, just and how now um, when people come one of the biggest comments I get is just when I walk through the doors I feel at peace yeah and I suspect if we hadn't done that Hmm. that would have been harder yeah because that spirit would not have been happy about God's spirit being so present. It's really interesting you mentioned that because um, within our church, one of the things I love about our church is we've got a we've got a population of um, houseless folks. We say um, that come to our church regularly, and we we really love them, and um, they're just they're just a part of our church. And uh, one of the guys. You know, I mean, he reports, and we believe him that that he is 
there's a spiritual war going on and that he is engaging with the enemy of his soul regularly. Well, he's really worried about this new building because it's a, it was a, like a secret society group, like a lodge club, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we actually like tried to do due diligence and understanding what they would have done in that space. And it doesn't, it's, it seems like one that's pretty, pretty mild and mostly about like brotherhood. And they kind of do some medieval costume reenactment stuff and, and, you know, it doesn't seem like there were necessarily like um, any real wild spiritual elements. But but we at the same time like we're like taking that seriously. Like okay, but he's really worried. And um, and the interesting thing is that like what you're saying is like I mean, you moved into a church where there were a bunch of Christians and something was wrong. Yeah. In there, and so it's like. There's no safe like among among like Christian communities. We were we were saying that you know there's there's no reason to think that like any place is like safer than another. Like any any place, anything you do needs to be covered by prayer, and you need to engage with the spirit. Yeah. Um, and so like it'd be it would be absolutely wise for us to be to be praying and engaging with that moving toward this building but even if we were buying something from the Christians down the street like you know, you don't know what you don't know what goes on in these places you don't know what, yeah, what don't. people were here and how um, and then our, our thing was and one of our elders said this on Sunday was like hey we believe in the spirit of God that's in the work of redemption and so aren't we weren't we all like isn't the report of every Christian saying like look I was in darkness and then the Spirit of God came within me and brought peace. Right, it's um, First Peter. That's, yeah, that's what we're called to do is make that declaration. Yeah, so that's what happens within within us, within human, within each individual, and and so there's no place that can't be redeemed and reused and become a place of peace um, and a peace of joy and a place of joy. Um, but anyway, it's it's it's. It's interesting stuff to think about. And it's funny because I find myself... I was talking to a guy on the phone the other day. And I'm a pastor. I believe these things. But then when it comes up, I stru- I go like, wait, am I... This is crazy. You know, like, am I, am I taking this too far? And I was talking to him about positive things where people have, have said in our church that something that happened, like, something that was said was like, God used what you said to, like change something in my life um, or like what you said was exactly the question I needed answered tonight you know and I'll have this moment where I go like whoa like the spirit of God's at work and then there's this little doubting sure doubting Thomas doubting Andy part of me that goes oh I don't know maybe it's just a coincidence and I, I have that same struggle when it comes to like darkness where I'll be like no this is serious and then I'll come back and go well I don't know and and, you know, and, and it's something like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going like, I, I know this stuff's like, if there's a spiritual realm, then there's a spiritual battle. And yes. If there's a spiritual battle, like that's the most important battle that we're engaged in. Yeah. Um, and of all things that an enemy would want me to doubt was that the battle even was going on. Right. Yeah. Um, 
that just, I mean, I think that's just, that plays out hmm. in so many ways. And I, I would assume that even like people who are like unsure about faith would be thinking the same thing, like, you know, or, or able to key into the same thing, like in my relationships, in my nation, you know, like there's always more going on than I realize. And when I start thinking like nothing, nothing's off, nothing's going on, that's when I'm in the most danger. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is that that's not just a reality in our human experience. It's a spiritual reality too. Yeah. And the spiritual reality is why it plays out in our human experience. And, um, and I'm continually being reminded of that. Yeah. Here's my spiel. Um, that's a good spiel. Oh, I like your spiel. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how would you, I mean, so you guys, you guys did this prayer time in the bill. I'm sure we'll do. Yeah. We anointed everything with oil, which we do. So our church has a tradition, um, and it's, it's something that came from Sue and I, and it's sort of come into the church. But we, if somebody's a new home, yeah, then some of the elders or Sue and I will go to their home, and we pray through their whole home. We anoint every doorpost of their house and all the four corners of their home, and we pray over it um, and, and ask God, A, to, to, to purify it, but we ask, we pray into it the things that we hope that family will represent, Yeah, and we ask God to, to place his angels around the home and, and to be present. And, you know, theologically, I understand that he's present. And I yeah. but, but I also think that it's good for us to practice what we believe, to demonstrate it, to call out what is real already. Yeah. Um, and, and God seems to engage that because it's relationship. He likes to engage yeah. those things. He likes those things to be spoken. Well, that's just prayer in general, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, technically God knows everything, but that's not the point of prayer. <laughs> right, right. The point of prayer is that we are engaging and entrusting and communing right. with God over these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think not so we did that to the church. I think space, like something I didn't grow up with but I have theologically really come to believe in the context of the kingdom of God is that space is important yeah. and claiming space for him is important. It's not that because it's all his but the right. enemy still believes that this is his. And I, and so saying no 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 sorry I'm here I have I actually have the last name of God basically I have the spirit marking me for my redemption so now it's it's I'm just reminding you don't own this you're just a temporary here yeah and and uh, I think that's important I think a lot of times we get caught up in you know I guess there's an addition to the Gospel of Mark that, that most likely wasn't written by Mark at the very end yeah. where it basically is saying people can do all these crazy things but it's all about preaching the Gospel to everything to yeah. creation to the animals to like that there's a sense of the Gospel is huge not just for the salvation of people but the salvation of everything which yeah. fits into Romans just fine yeah. and Paul kind of confirms it for us but what we don't think about is bringing the Gospel to bear at Exo Coffee yeah and we don't think about bringing the gospel to bear in our spaces and in the bricks of our buildings because it's like, oh, whatever. Well, and frankly, to kind of, you know, hit back on some things I was saying before, like, I think we often don't, you know, even when we're often so caught up in those in certain circles with, like, spiritual warfare, we don't bring the gospel to bear in our own life. Amen. Right? Like, you know, there's, 
yeah, there's the bricks of our building, but what about like how the gospel affects the way that I speak to my family? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like talk about like strongholds of evil. I mean, you know, I think about my father, who we've talked about a couple times recently, who's who's been diagnosed with cancer. Right. Um, but you know, he is plagued by the verbal abuse of his father, plagued with fears, doubts, mm. feelings of being worthless. That's evil. That is evil. That is evil. And and the gospel has a lot to say to that. And I think my dad's, you know, engaged with that. Yeah. But it still is like, it is a haunt yeah. that will not go away. And so I think the a pitfall is when we make the haunts only these big external crazy things. But yeah. then again, it's a pitfall to not... A, yeah. acknowledge any of them. Right? Well, I think the enemy wants us to do that. He wants us to be caught up in that battle. Because I was just listening to a, a trauma podcast on the way here, and they were talking about how they're learning that when someone can walk alongside somebody and have empathy for them who's had trauma, and not the empathy of understanding, but the empathy of actually fully experiencing alongside them yeah. and understanding their experience. So really allowing your heart to like be joined with that person's heart they find healing and it also brings up your own trauma yeah. well that's what Jesus does yeah like Jesus is like the perfect trauma therapist in the sense that he walks in it's not just like I understand your pain no I lived your pain yeah I walk in it with you now and that love is what transforms us. Well, I'm pretty sure the enemy would not doesn't want us to engage no. in the gospel because the gospel changes everything. Yeah. Whereas, yes, we do fight an enemy, and we need to tell him we know that he exists and that we're willing to stand up against him. But it's the gospel that holds him back, oh, yeah. not our not our powerful words yeah. and our understandings of all the intricate levels of hell and right. demons. Yeah. Some people's entire focus becomes on trying to study into that and understand every nook and cranny of how that works and say the right word like you're saying and um, yeah it seems to me that I mean if we're looking at Paul and the apostles you know they're the name of Jesus and and by the name of Jesus it's like who Jesus is everything he's done right. his authority his his power the cross the cross um that takes away the guilt and shame and the slavery um, to to sin and death and evil. Um, that's the key, right? Is you know, and there there is that you know that that moment where an evil evil spirit you know speaks back to the disciple, and I don't know who you are, you know, right? But he knows who Jesus is, right? And knows and who so, Paul is, <laughs> yeah, knows who Paul is, right? And so, like all the all the right words and the knowledge at the end of the day it's like yeah if you've if you've come to to know the the love and the grace and the mercy and then the power and the authority of jesus um and you you have you have the determining winning power within you and upon you and over you and covering you and so you don't need to be afraid yeah um but you still could feel the haunt. Right. right. No, yeah, you can. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I guess like, we probably should be wrapping up soon here. Yeah. But one thing that I, you know, in one of the talks that I'm giving at the conference, I'm talking through the women at the well, and there's a moment in that conversation where Jesus says, if you knew who you were 
talking in to. talking yeah. to. And what struck me is, I don't think that way. Yeah. I don't think if you knew who you were talking to, you would know you were talking to somebody with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I think there is like a the marking of the Spirit of God and the content and power of the gospel should give us confidence both in the spiritual world yeah. and to bind up the wounds of the people around us and to offer that. Yeah. And yet I think probably more than anything when I think about Halloween and all these other things we talked about is we tend to shrink back because we don't believe in the power of God. Instead yeah. of saying, I need to be present in this and yeah. I need to do it with, with wis- the wisdom of the Spirit and my community. Mm. You know, and, I, and be confident that you have good things to offer a world that's just trying to figure out how to survive. Yeah. That's my ending. Like, uh, yeah, that's great. I don't, I don't feel the need for any more ending than that. So I want to talk more about the, about buildings, churches and space and building. There's a whole lot there that I think, um, there's been a lot of, a lot of pain due to like communities, spiritual communities, um, feeling the need to own property but then there's a lot of value in having space so i want to work that out in the future um, yeah that'll be a as, fun fun talk yeah because we've touched on that a little bit um and um and yeah for all those who who heard us say this i should just say mission church we're looking at a place but we by no means have one right. so um you know that if you know if you're sitting on that Two hundred thousand dollars you're trying to give at the end of the year. Feel free to email me. Give me hit me up. Yeah, no, we're we're just looking around. Square space, just, square yeah. just, or whatever it is. Square. <laughs> Slide your card. No, but we uh, we are we're actually really excited about about an opportunity that has we really feel God's kind of like opened up to us because it wasn't um, like our great real estate prowess that's that found this place just two minutes away from where we are. So uh, be, please do pray that, that God would provide for that. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about the whole building thing later. There's a whole lot of other stuff coming your way. Uh, we'll this see you next week. This is Faith Over Breakfast. This is Faith Over Breakfast. Eric, take us home. You're the uh, I'm taking us home. Oh, boy. Well, it's Faith Over Breakfast. Uh, that was Andy. I'm Eric. And we'll see you next week.